Hello, everyone, and welcome to Topics in Faith, part of the In Faith series of podcasts. I'm your host, Daniel Dynek, and this week we're talking about motivations, why we do what we do, why we make the choices we make, as we also introduce this new season, this new series of Topics in Faith. And so let's dive in. By way of introduction, it was kind of interesting because I recorded this intro originally back in July of 2022. And at that point, I thought I was going to be working at uh, Medina County Parks District for, you know, the indefinite future. And I thought I was starting this new, you know, or I was kind of into this new career of trails. And so originally, the idea was to skip the end of Genesis and just start doing this because um, I wanted to keep the podcast going and it was something that I had a very limited amount of time. Now, it may still be relevant this year because um, I might end up going back as a seasonal with Cleveland Metro Parks. I have yet to determine that, but um, we very well may still come to a point where starting in May, I'm going to have very limited time. I'm going to be working not quite full time, but um, with the commute to get from where I live to Cleveland, it ends up being about 40 hours, <laughs> 40 hours a week. So kind of what this, this series is going to end up being. A couple expectations you should have is that we're going to be doing kind of random topics. And because of that, the length of the episodes is going to vary a lot. Some of them might end up only being 10 or 15 minutes, kind of like the one we did in December. Some of them may be quite long. I know a couple already, just the amount of information and kind of things I want to talk about, the amount we have to cover, it could very well still be a half hour to a 45 minute episode. But another part of it is going to be, it's, they're not going to be quite as polished as some of the other ones because I might not have as much time to edit. And so I'll try to still keep the rambling to a minimum, some of the the odd noises where I kind of peek the microphone a little bit will still be softened or deleted, but um, it should sound a lot more kind of conversational. And so these episodes might come out in such a way that it, it feels like we're kind of sitting, you know, at a coffee shop or something like that. And just, and I'm just kind of talking, perhaps answering a question that you could pretend that you have presented to me. And so those are going to be the two biggest differences between this season and last season. As I said, it was kind of, it was originally intended to be a season that I could do on limited time. In order to sort of discuss the topic at hand, I want to look at it from that frame of mind of we do have a finite amount of time in our day and we're going to fill it pretty much no matter what. There might be the odd day here and there where you suddenly find yourself with an hour or two with nothing like on the schedule. But for most of us, there's something that needs to be done pretty much every hour of the day. And we have to figure out what it is that we should prioritize. We talk about this, you know, this is a whole books, multiple books, libraries have probably been written about this topic of managing time well and how we, we choose what it is we do or we don't do. And I want to take sort of a biblical view of that. And it came for me from a time again where my wife was working evenings and I was working nearly full time. And I had about an hour of the day that I could fit something in because I was getting up, I was waking up either four or five o'clock in the morning to go to work. Um, I certainly didn't want to get up any earlier than that to do anything. 
And then when I came home, my wife was getting ready to go to her evening shift, her evening job. And so, I mean, we literally, literally, literally pass each other in the hallway a lot of times. And then, so I would be, I'd have to watch, you know, little buddy dude for the evening. And then by the time he got to bed, it was about an hour or so before my wife would be home. And we would, of course, want to see each other because we had not, had not seen each other the whole day. And so I had this, you know, hour to hour and a half time frame, And I had to figure out, like, there was a bunch of things I wanted to do. There were, you know, mountain biking goals that I have. I really enjoy mountain biking. I had my writing at that point that I was trying to do. And I had this podcast. Those are sort of the three things um, really competing for my time and my attention. And a lot of days, I just want to spend that hour not doing anything. I had been working all day or driving in traffic or, as I said, watching watching our little dude, which is fun but can be very tiring. Those of you with kids, I, I'm sure you know what I mean. And so it was this, this struggle of figuring out what do I prioritize. And what I started looking at is sort of, as I you know, mentioned in the intro, we're looking at what are our motivations? You know, these, these things that we have to do, who are they for? And I began to realize that like the mountain biking goals and things I had to do, those were pretty much just for me. I had plans. I still kind of have plans of like ways to, to turn that into something for Christ, for the kingdom of God. I don't know if or when that'll actually happen. I have it pretty much all planned out and all I need to do is just start doing it. But it would be doing videos and have, then having to edit those videos and things like that. But it was still kind of shoehorned in. Usually when I go mountain biking, it's for myself. The writing, again, at that time, was something that was also kind of for pay. Like I was, the Triumverse series is based out of a Christian worldview. The new series I've been working on now is is much more allegorical. There are scripture references basically in the book. And so that's going to be much more closely aligned to a Christian worldview. And so that's in there, but it's also kind of the job. Like it is the thing that is intended primarily to provide for our needs through God. And so this podcast was kind of the only or kind of the the purest task that I have that's for God. I do, you know, I let you guys know about ways to support me, but, you know, kind of regardless of whether that happens or not, at least financially, I'm going to kind of continue doing this podcast because I really enjoy studying the scriptures and, and learning these things and then sharing it with you guys. And so when I, when I lined up the three things in that order, it was like the podcast was the thing that was the most dedicated to advancing the kingdom of God. And so when I only had that hour, that became kind of, like I said, that became the thing. So obviously, if you've been following Old Testament of Faith series, you know that a lot of things have changed in the past couple months. But for the rest of you, maybe this is still a struggle. And so I do want to talk about this. And so to sort of get us ourselves into this and into this frame of mind, I want to think about a couple of decades ago, the acronym WWJD became popular. Many of you probably already know what I'm talking about. It's, it's what would Jesus do? It became a question that Christians were supposed to ask themselves before they spoke, 
before they reacted to a situation, if they were trying to think of, you know, if they were, if they were facing some sort of decision, large or small, they were to ask, what would Jesus do in this situation? And more recently, it became so ubiquitous a thing. Uh, there were bracelets, there were books, there were necklaces, there were, you know, t-shirts with this. It was everywhere. It was, you know, bumper stickers. So much so that non-Christians pretty quickly learned what it was. And so there have been sort of their own twist on it. And so it became something that that exited the Christian sphere alone and, you know, was so widespread that even non-Christians are familiar with it and have turned it into their own sort of thing as they deem fit. And when that happens, and we're going to, this is going to be a whole topic later in the, the season. I'm kind of excited to get to it. But the thing that happens is it's a question that becomes too open to bias, where when you ask yourself, what would Jesus do? It depends entirely on what your definition of Jesus is and what you think he was like. And we've seen churches go down wrong roads by answering this question with an improper or unscriptural view of what Jesus would do or what they think he would do. And so it kind of has become a question that maybe doesn't help us out as much as we would like. And so what I want to do is come up with a new question that perhaps calls us into you know, kind of a, a little more scrutiny of ourselves, our motivations, would hopefully bring us more so into the scriptures to try to figure out what it is, you know, what Jesus would do. We're still answering essentially that question, but framing it in such a way that ideally our bias of who we think Jesus is, is minimized a little bit more. And the question actually comes from the book of Zechariah. So one of the minor prophets in the Old Testament, and he tells this story in chapter seven, we're going to read verses one through six. It says, in the fourth year of King Darius, the word of the Lord came to Zechariah on the fourth day of the ninth month, the month of Kislev. The people of Bethel had sent Sherezer and Regimelech together with their men to entreat the Lord by asking the priests of the house of the Lord Almighty and the prophets, should I mourn and fast in the fifth month as I have done for so many years? Which is interesting, and we're going to pause here really quick to think that he's been doing this for years and then all of a sudden he's asking, like, should I do this again? Which is a good thing to do. <laughs> this is a good thing to remember that even if you've done something for years that you believe is based in scripture, it's not a bad idea to revisit it and say, and go to God in prayer and say, hey, should I do this as I've been doing it for the past number of years? And see what he says. The question is answered in verse four. Then the word of the Lord Almighty came to me, ask all the people of the land and the priests, when you fasted and mourned in the fifth and seventh months for the past 70 years, was it really for me that you fasted? And when you were eating and drinking, were you not just feasting for yourselves? So this is the new question that I would like us to begin to ask ourselves. And it was the one that I came upon as I was sorting through, I have one hour, what do I do with it? It essentially boiled down to this question is, who am I doing it for? Who are you doing it for? You know, whatever the decision is you're facing, it could be something very big. And actually, recently, just this morning, heard a podcast from Max Lucado. It was very interesting that he mentioned like, 
there are not as many big decisions in our lives as we tend to think. And we don't want to, you know, minimize anyone's struggle, but large decisions, should I leave this job? Should I get, you know, this other job? Should I move to a new state? Should I get this house? Should I marry this person? Those don't come that often, usually. Most of our days are filled with kind of the smaller decisions. But regardless of the size of the decision, and especially when you're looking at how do I spend the finite time that God has given all of us, ask yourself, is it for God that you're doing or that you want to do this thing or is it for yourself? And I do want to point out here one little thing though, that I don't want us to think that we can't do anything for ourselves. We need to be careful with how much we do it and if the thing we're doing is actually harming our spiritual walk or harming anyone around us in any sort of way. But I want us to look really quickly before we sort of finish wrap up here is in first Timothy six, verse 17, Paul tells Timothy command those who are rich in this present world, not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain. I'm going to continue here in a minute, but I want to pause because many of us are rich in many ways. My wife and I, even when I was laid off from the oil and gas job, when I was doing part-time work with Cleveland, like throughout all these years, we're like, we have not been making on paper enough to live. And yet the only time our refrigerator has been empty has been because we had planned our shopping trip to the T so much that we just, we finished everything that was in there on like the day we were set to go shopping again. So we've never regardless of how little we've made or how much it seems like we were falling short of the goals of our budget, we have never been starving. There are a lot of people who are. In America and in the world, there are a lot of people who go without meals and not by choice, where they don't know where the next meal is coming from. And so if you're in that camp of you always have something to eat, There's a certain amount of richness, certainly more so than others, but we need to not be arrogant about that or put our hope in wealth, which is so uncertain. As I learned November 12th of 2019, November 11th, I went to my job and thought I was going to have it for the next year or two. November 12th, I learned first thing in the morning that I did not have that job anymore. It was very uncertain. It seemed certain, but it was not. He goes on, not to put your hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. This is something that I think ascetics certainly reject. Others of us may kind of struggle with if we grew up in a, in a highly religious sort of background is that we should not be enjoying anything because everything of the earth is so overloaded with sin. That's not entirely true. We won't get into it too much now for the sake of time, but God richly provides us with everything Whatever it is we have, he has provided us with all of it to an extent for our enjoyment. We are allowed to enjoy things. I have had my bike for six years now, seven years, and I enjoy it. And a lot of times when I go out and ride, I'm able to meet with God out there. If there's sort of things I'm kind of struggling through, oftentimes a bike ride helps me kind of get my thoughts in line. Um, It allows God to enter in and organize those thoughts so that you know, I come to a solution that I believe pleases him. And so when we talk about eating and and drinking, (laughs) when we talk about these, or when we're trying to figure out how to prioritize 
We're allowed to enjoy certain things. Again, we don't want that to be the reason we prioritize it is, well, I enjoy this more than this, so I'm going to prioritize that, the thing that I enjoy. Our paradigm, again, needs to be, who do you do it for? Do you do it for yourself, or do you do it for God? And again, it doesn't mean cut out everything that you don't do purely for God. But if it's you know if it comes down to a choice of, I can either do this or do this, pick the thing that you do for God, I would say, for certain. One big caveat with this idea as well comes from Romans chapter 14, verse 5. In that sort of series of passages around that, it talks about, again, why, why we do the things we do, what we believe to be okay for us to do, and what we believe are sins. And it boils down to, Paul tells the Romans, each of us should be fully convinced in our own mind. That, that again, leads us to the, the passage of, if you don't do it out of faith, then for you it is sin. If your conscience bothers you about a certain thing, whatever it is, then for you it is a sin to do it, and so don't do it. But... Again, we want to say that we need to do the best we can to determine who we're doing it for. And regardless of what the outcome is, we must be fully convinced in our own minds. If you have any doubt about whether or not the, the thing you're prioritizing or the choice you're about to make in this decision, that you're not doing it for God, if you're doing it for yourself, you need to take a close look at that. And especially for big decisions that we've kind of talked about, have an accountability partner, someone that you, that you trust and that you respect their spiritual life, that you know they're not just going to give you the wisdom of the world, but that they're going to be in tune with God and you know, know the scriptures, know what they say, be able to help you along the lines of, you know, again, they can't tell your heart, only God can, but they might be able to help you point out some of your blind spots of, well, is this really pleasing to God? Is this growing his kingdom? Things like that. So, so have that. Don't just sit there by yourself and try to determine what you do. And remember that ultimately our goal is, are we doing it for God or are we doing it for ourselves? Fortunately, since our sneak preview topic I have come up with a show closer and it's going to sound kind of in contradiction to the one we previously had because we'd been doing keep the faith and keep it old school. And now we're going with keep the faith and keep it fresh. And I don't believe they're contradictory because old school can still be kept fresh. The point is through these topics, ideally we're going to be revisiting maybe some things, some assumptions we've made from you know living in this world and so we're trying to keep our faith fresh by, by re-looking at these, looking at, you know, kind of maybe well-known topics from a slightly different angle so that our faith does not become dusty and misused or unused, just sits on a shelf and we don't use it. So next week we will be returning to Joseph that we finished out uh, Genesis with. And so we're going to be starting with a verse in Isaiah and then taking that back to look at Joseph. That will be coming next week. So until then, keep the faith and keep it fresh.